If you are listening to the Candid Conversations podcast, it means you are ready to have a major breakthrough in your business. That is why we invite industry experts onto this show so you can fill your mind with valuable information. We exist because we believe business owners are the real investors of the economy. Here's your host, Charles Schwen from Flying Kite. Welcome to another episode of Candid Conversations. This is episode number 53. We have Leanne Hughes and Leanne is back again. Welcome back to the show, Leanne. Thanks so much. Yes, back for the repeat performance. Can't wait to chat to you, Charles. Yes, the reason why you are back here today in, in, in February, because you made it past the first three years, a thousand days. And let me just share some quick stats. I mean, you know me like geeking out on stats. I mean, you're from Australia. So according to Australia Bureau of Stats, more than 60% of the small businesses fail within the three years. 60% gone. In South Africa, 70% of the businesses fell within the first year. And in the States, 70% of them fell uh, within a three years to five year period, the same thing. So my thing to you is the fact that you made it past three years knowing these stats, how do you feel? Well, I, I'm actually really glad I didn't know that stat. I did know that there was a fairly high, I know in the first year is a very high dropout rate as well. And I think I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm actually, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty proud. And uh, like, how many years have you been in business, Charles? This will be October before. Wow. So you're past that threshold as well. So I didn't really know it was a big thing until you brought it to my attention. And it's so nice to sort of reflect on that because I think as solopreneurs, we always just go about things and we're always looking forward. We're never looking back. So this is an awesome opportunity to reflect on those thousand days. And yeah, I feel pretty good sometimes look like everyone else uh, or maybe not, but some days where I think, Oh, this is getting really annoying. Like, wouldn't it just be easier having a job? And I entertain that thought for maybe a minute. I'm like, no, I could never go back. <laughs> so I really have to forge ahead. Yeah, and, and and you know what? Um, for for those of the listeners that are hearing your voice for the first time, I'm going to put you on the spot now, and this is totally unscripted. I, the idea just came to me now. So yesterday on 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 your Facebook group, you asked people the question: describe what you do without telling people what you do. So describe what you do, Leanne, without telling people what you do. What I just make people feel good about themselves and unleash the potential they've got within them um, at, at a team and an individual level. I think it's all about just unleashing that potential. And if I had to ask your mom and dad, what do you do? What, what, how will they describe Leanne? What does Leanne do? Because my well, mom and dad, talks- <laughs> yeah, they, they think I work with computers and that's it. And I click yeah, on but they'll be like, Leanne just talks crap on Zoom all day. <laughs> that's what they would say. <laughs> and then she's really tired by the end of it and she can't talk to us. <laughs> like, I'm usually so fried. Oh, I go through like, yeah. But, but my mum watches my YouTube uh, channel as well. So she has an idea. Now, dad has, uh, in my first year of solopreneurship, I took him on a trip to India with me to run leadership workshops. So he has some indication of what I do. But um, even myself, Charles, and my clients, I do a lot of different work. So, I mean, I have to be quite generic because... I'll do strategy one day and then I'll be talking to the booked out facilitators the next day and then running strengths and team sessions. So it's, I love the variety. Mm. I, I say, I say that, uh, look, this is just, even though you've got a HR background and, and, and being facilitation and running workshops and having podcasts, how I would describe you from somebody that's done your course and listened to your podcast is you have, you, you, you're able to take bits and pieces from from different people that come across your way and then you kind of remix it like wiki 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 you remix it and make it make it make it your own and you're able to communicate in such a clear way and i picked up so many wonderful wonderful um information from you and what i love about 
your stuff is you're not afraid to share. It's like, you know what, here's, here's the recipe, go for it. And some people, they like, when, when I speak to them, they, they a little bit got it, but for you, I mean, everything's in a no. So that's, that's how I would describe you. You are a wonderful uh, information giver and Aww. you also show us how to do it. Thank you. That's lovely. I, I really appreciate that. And I had a question one time on one of our booked out facilitator calls. Our Maria, she's like, Leanne, like, I think we're having a conversation. I just kept bringing in quotes from different people. And she's like, how do you remember these things? And it was the first time anyone sort of pulled that out. And I didn't think that was a superpower, but I do seem to be able to, when something really hits me, I recall it. I can, in maybe some, some knack of bringing it out when I, when I need to. So yeah, a bit of curation there. It's, it's fun. Cool. All right, so let's turn back the clock. Let's go back to year one because the official date is uh, February. Remind me the date. February the fourth. The fourth is actually well. The time, the, the date of this recording is on the third. So the fourth, I will say, happy a thousand days, future time. Um, so let's turn back the clock in over a thousand days. When you first started, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know if you heard of the, the the people say you must save up six, three months, six months uh, emergency money. Did you save up how much, um, yes. how many months did you save up for? Or did you not save yes. up at all? I did save up, um, but I, I called it, Jenny Blake calls it a pivot runway. So there was a time of the year, you said I worked in HR. I had to run out the annual performance process. And I was like, I never want to do this again. Like in January of 2018, I'm like, if I have to run this again, like I basically just said, I'm, I will never do it. I'll either be out of a role or I'll have my own business. So I gave myself from that moment, because it was so painful, I gave myself a 12 month pivot runway. So not only was that saving up money, like I was basically just shifting it to another account when I got paid, like a percentage of my income. I think it was around 30%. I'll just move it straight into this other account, which I couldn't touch. But more importantly, I think more importantly than the financials was uh, building the audience, building the brand as part of the runway. So financials are good, but you could have a million dollars saved up. And if you don't have any business coming in, there's that, that loss aversion can just like that scarcity mindset can hit us so much. So it doesn't really, this is what I mean. You've really got to make sure that you've got some, yeah, something stock, some stock take, but also potential pipeline. That's when you can find yourself sort of relaxing a bit more. That's quite interesting because, you know, I, I spoke to plenty of, of, of business owners and, and even financial advisors that they, they talk about saving up emergency money, but you mentioned something that's beyond that. Like it's nice to have a, like a, a parachute, so to speak, but more importantly is actually start planting the seed. So yeah. how did you start planting the seed the day that you decided I'm, I'm out of here in, in 12 months? <laughs> I'm, how do you, I'm like, peace out guys, but how do yeah. you start planting the seed? I was getting very, I was, well, I had a podcast that I had and I was sort of ramping up just more social media and building connections, but also becoming more mindful of my reputation internally. Cause I knew that the relationships, everyone was saying, all your relationships will really help you out when you leave. So I was actually getting more involved in building those and connecting with people, um, being of service, nothing like, uh, nothing dodgy, but it was more about just like switching my focus to being of value and building my reputation as well. So the podcast was a great content outlet for that. So every week people would see this and then I started getting contacted from people all around the world and I knew, oh, there's something in this. Um, mm -hmm. I created a, a Facebook community which started growing and growing and growing. Um, that mm -hmm. was another asset that I had. So community, relationships, and then building my skill set as well. So my goal was I want to get to Mongolia before I leave this company. Because like, how cool, if you can say that you- And you, you made it there. I saw it. You made it exactly. there. Exactly. And that's when I left. 
left. I was like, I got to Mongolia in November. I resigned in December because like, well, I've done Mongolia now. The performance planning process is in January. I don't want to be here for that. <laughs> so so that was it. Anybody at work that you are planning to leave within a year, did anybody know? Did you yes. have to keep that secret? No, my, yeah, my work wife knew, she knew what, like, so she, she would see like, like we would have coffee in the morning. I'm like, look at these LinkedIn messages. Like people are just loving the podcast. Like I was getting a lot of just people reaching out. Um, I was, it was kind of too, I felt like I was on two different planets really. Like it was like the serious corporate Leanne. And then there's like, oh, cool. Like this, the opportunity land was filled after hours. And I also in the same year around November was told that I was, um, I was chosen to speak at the Gallup Clifton strengths conference in Omaha the following year as well. And I just felt, what am I doing here? But yeah. So my, my work wife, Jordan and you, my, uh, one of my former managers, uh, was in another role. He knew as well. Um, we were sort of plotting this. They were like my accomplices for 12 months. <laughs> All right. Now, now I want to find out from you, like, okay, so you, you spoke about how you laid down the foundation. You spoke about you, how you saved up your, your, your runway. Um, how did you define what kind of niche you wanted to go in? I mean, did, were you reading lots of books or, I mean, how did you decide? Cause I think that's one of the things that a lot of oh, people struggle. Yeah. Like totally. I wanna, I wanna, if people pay me, I'm going to go, I'll take everything. But how did you actually find that niche? Well, I don't think I had a niche, Charles, the first year at all. I think um, what I was doing, basically my offering was whatever I'm doing internally, I think people externally will pay for this. So like I said, I was creating, I was running leadership programs. I was creating mentoring programs. I was running performance, you know, all that sort of stuff that is required from a lot of big organizations I could do. And so I was just thinking I will just offer what I'm currently delivering internally to the world. And that's what happened. So, so did you make any cold calls? No, no cold calls, zero. zero cold calls. Okay, so I don't think I've ever made a cold call. Like, really? Ever? Okay, well, they, there goes that, there goes I need that to question. shift that. <laughs> I need to there work goes with that you. question. I mean, I was going to ask you about cold call. Well, there, there goes that. That's that's actually pretty amazing that you never made a cold call. But I think it's because you you laid down the foundation. I mean, it took you a year to post on LinkedIn and podcast and 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 exactly. and that was that was investment because those things cost time and money and research, right? A year. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so when people reached out to you, um, what did they, what was the, what were their lyrics saying? Like Leanne, we want you mm -hmm. to come and do what? Because yeah, you said well, you read your lyric. What do they call you in for? Yeah. Uh, well, Hey Leanne, we've got a team that isn't functioning properly. Can you come in and help us out? Uh, Leanne, uh, or, or it's usually like, Hey Leanne, we've got a, there seems to be like a communication breakdown here. That's usually the start of it. And you think that's such a broad thing. Like we need help with communication. What does that actually mean? Uh, so it was more around like the team cohesion, team dynamics type of work. Then it also ranged from, I guess I was super lucky because I was running that leadership program internally. It was a big organization. We had sister and parent companies. I was offered the role to deliver that um, under my own name to another operating company around across Asia. So that was, that was basically just a direct pickup and, and, and deliver that through to, Hey, we're hosting a conference. We need someone to run the event. Can you do that? Or we've got engineers, they need to present training, but they don't know how to do that. Can you help out with that? So, so there's a range of things. That's a lot of, that's quite generic. That's not, oh, Leanne is a presentation skills coach. Like I can do that, but I also offer a lot more. And I think in the first year I got away with it, second and third year, you definitely do need to niche down and get more, I think, a bit more uh, smarter around the way that you present what you offer. 
Okay, so speaking about year two, I mean, so the year one was basically kind of dipping my toes, let's see how this goes, and let me fly, fly a bit, see if I can fly. So yeah. the first year, you didn't, obviously didn't crash and burn. The second year, you mentioned that you figured that you had to niche down. When was that realization? Was it, was it like you noticed there was too many people doing what you were doing? How did you have that aha moment? No, no, I don't really focus on other people at all. I try not to. Sometimes when you get onto social media, you get trapped in comparison, comparisonitis. I try to get away from that because my goal, I remember Gary Vaynerchuk saying this, he was talking about Amazon Alexa and future. And he goes, he goes, what people aren't going to be asking Alexa, Hey, uh, tell me, find me the nearest leadership coach. You want them, you want them to say to Alexa, Hey, Alexa, get me Leanne Hughes. Right. So my name. So for me, I don't, I don't worry about com- like competition because it's all about me defining like what is Leanne Hughes? Why would people buy that? Like that's the way I, I, I think. So I don't really think I'm competing against anyone, <laughs> which is kind of like that's to prevent, like help my ego. Um, but in terms of that, I think it was more about the case that I serve both corporate companies and I serve individuals as well. And my podcast, First Time Facilitator, was really geared towards individuals. And so in that second year, I started thinking about diversifying my income and labor, like the amount of uh, effort, because I was working a lot in the first year, just traveling around delivering and you can burn yourself out very quickly. So that the second year was the first year that I launched online programs. So that first one was released in March, the first time facilitated bootcamp that landed when COVID hit. It was like, could not plan it, could not plan it any better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, then I launched a series of like online programs, that community, the show up community membership, uh, virtually possible. And that was a tremendous income stream for the year of COVID. So I actually made more during COVID than I did uh, in the first year. Of, um, and you probably of had, le- you had least, uh, less expenses. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. But then I got kind of, yeah. So, so I think being very clear in that segmentation was important. And then using language a bit differently when targeting different groups. And, and so. did you, were there any resources or mentors that you seek out to help you really like yeah. down, so to speak? Oh, so like, uh, I think I was probably procrastinating by listening to too many people. Like I think Charles, you know, my favorites, I've got Pat Flynn, Don Miller, who we both love from uh, Business Made Simple, Jenny Blake. Um, I learned about Alan Weiss through my podcast, First Time Facilitator. Now I've just been like binging his material. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of different inputs. And like you said, I think I don't take everything everyone says. I, I take the bits that I resonate with the most and then create my own way of doing things. Okay. And were there, I mean, it sounds like everything is on the uphill projection. Were there any crisis moments? Were there any moments like, oh crisis my goodness. Moments. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, like, well, I don't think I'm going to make this. Yes. When COVID or, hit. Big, yes. But when COVID hit, but, but for how, how long did that did that crisis moment last for you? It was like two months, three months, and then, you, then you're like, wait a minute, this is actually doing, my business is actually doing it right. Actually, yeah, because yeah, it was probably about a month because it was. I, I feel like the whole world just paused and was in panic yeah. mode. And everyone like, around me, was, on? I know, yeah. and everyone around me was like doing free, they're throwing out free stuff. And I'm like, I can't give away, like I can't run two-day free some like sem- seminars and summits. I don't have the resources to do that. So I was like, crap, like, what am I going to do? And all of my sort of corporate work was being like postponed or canceled. So yeah, I was like, what am I doing? And then luckily I had that buffer of digital and online. And then as you, then I, I thought I'll put on a free webinar around um, how to make 
leadership workshops pop virtually and the like hundreds of people sign up for that. My Facebook group was just growing exponentially every day. And that's when I realized, oh, this is actually something. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It was okay. I mean, and, and, and I want to, I want to just uh, chat to you a little bit about, uh, you, you mentioned like the podcast in the beginning, this, this got to go and when you continue to do, you are, I think uh, you are over a hundred episodes by now, if I remember correctly, the first time. Uh, 200. All right. So, I mean, over 200 episodes, what is the one question that you love to, to, to ask all your guests and why, why so? Oh, that is such a hard question because it really depends on like the person I'm talking to. Um, I, I sort of, it's, it's a go-to question. I'm really fascinated in how people get their energy. Like, because when I started facilitating, I got so nervous just before I was about to start, like the morning of a workshop, I'm, I was like really nervous, tongue-tied, all that. Like just, I thought, how do people cope with that? So that's, that's probably my, a question that got me through a lot in terms of the most the question with the most utility was asking facilitators, like, how do you prepare for your workshops um, in terms of your energy, your mindset? And the examples have been tremendous. Were there any, um, any from, from all the people that are giving you answer, were there any unique one that you like, that you like, wow, I never thought of that or like, that's so odd. Anything like that? One guy, because I was doing a lot of international work, Tim Ferguson, he said that yeah. the night before every workshop, he'd look up the participant list of like whoever, everyone that was coming and he'd actually like phonetically pronounce their names and get used to that. And I, I just thought that is such an X factor thing to do. Like, and good on you for doing that. So I have been doing that as well, like to make sure that I'm pronouncing things correctly. And so that was one thing that kind of stood out for me. A lot of people, it depends. Like some people love meditation. I just don't resonate with it. I try but it's more about, you know, getting active, running and songs. Do you do any all that voice warm-up? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I do. do there's, a Julian, there's a Julian Treasure video that I love, and I've had him on my show twice. Uh, he did mm-hmm. he a TED Talk, how to speak so that people want to listen. And six minutes into that, he's got a vocal warm-up. So I do that. Yeah. 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 Do you, does, does it help? Because I've seen that video. I've never actually... I normally just... Oh, you haven't done I it. I just deep breathe yeah. and deep breathe. That's, that's, that's my way. I've never done the Julian way, though. It's great. It just makes you feel good and light. Yeah. Okay. I'd recommend it. Okay. If you recommend- I do it with groups as well. Like we do and everyone just laughs and it just lifts the mood. Okay. So so I want to ask, so now we 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 get into year three now. What what was your if I had asked you back in year one, like Leanne, what's your definition of success? What would you have said? Getting paid to have cool conversations with cool people. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, that that's like, like that, a life. That's, that's, that's I still haven't got that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get, yeah. I get paid for speaking to people. Okay. So that was that was year one. And and now year three, well, um, has that definition changed? I, I think the definition would probably remain the same, I think. But mm-hmm. I'm in a year three is really interesting for me. I, this is a real transition and pivot point for me. So I'm saying goodbye to my podcast. I'm kind of saying goodbye to my old identity as a facilitator, going straight and forging a new path into like strategy work and becoming an author and writing about change. So mm-hmm. I don't know like where this is the beginning of year three now. It'd be interesting to reflect on the year on this year in a year with you. Um, I, I so and 
Charles, before we hit record, I just said to you, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Las Vegas next week. I yeah. booked it yesterday. I'm flying out on Monday. I'm going to a workshop there by Alan Weiss and it's called Six Figures to Seven Figures. And in it, actually one of the pre-work activities is defining who do you want to work with? Who do you want to be? Like, who is that person you want to be? And then obviously re-engineering that. Um, I haven't answered that yet. So I can't tell you on the show what that looks like. I'm going to do that activity on the plane ride over. That's a such a good question. And I, and I mean, these are yeah. these are questions that, that me and my wife go through my business once a year. It seems like a simple question because it seems like a very vanilla question. But in order for you not to give an, a, a vanilla answer, it's actually not that easy. And we because we're constantly growing. Yeah. And we, we what I find we do as well is we project what we've already achieved into the future as opposed to go redefining what we want to do. So I could just say to you, I want to work more like with the same clients, but just get paid more and do similar work, right? That could be a definition. So that, that was my year one to year two definition was I'll just get better at what I was doing in year one. Year three, I, I want to shift to something else. Mm. I don't know, like that's, it's for me, I can't, I don't really know what that is yet. Uh, mm. I'm hoping next week after the workshop, that'll all be defined. Then I'll have like a clear direction. So, so I mean, I, I saw thinking about that and, and because somebody was, I mean, I was hanging out with my friends, um, Actually, in, in December, they were asking me, hey, how's your business going? And I thought for a second, uh, and, and I said to them, "Are you? is your, is your business, um, something about you well, your business, your business doing well? I'm like, are you asking me or telling me? <laughs> because that's two different things. They said, no, I'm asking you, because I haven't seen it for like over a year. Mm-hmm. So, and then the conversation got down and they said to me, um, yeah, like the success question. And I, I think I got this idea from one of your podcast guests, I can't remember who, but I thought it was just summarizes so well the definition of success is when I do the three things. Number one, when I do this work, does it light me up? Number two, can it pay for life? Because life costs money. And number three, am I changing lives? If I can, if I can wake up every morning to say those three things I'm doing, then yes, for me that's success. Because it's nice to have money, but I think after a while, it's like. I was just reading, um, you know, Tom Brady retired. The, the football yeah. Football. yeah. So he's made over a few hundred million. And he was talking about, for him, after that, after he makes so much money, it's just another number. I remember years ago, uh, Larry King was interviewing Mel Gibson. I mean, I'm talking about at least 10 years ago when I used to watch TV. And Larry King asked Mel Gibson, He's from Australia, isn't it? Or was he in New Zealand? Yeah, he is. Okay. So he asked, he asked uh, uh, Mel Gibson, like, how does it feel to make so much money? And, he's qu- he, and he said, after you make your first 100 million, the rest are just numbers. <laughs> 100 million. Because it just goes to show you, like, people think that money can buy happiness. People want fame, they want money. But after that, it, it, it has to be more. So Tom Brady said the same thing. He's won all the Super Bowls, the MVPs, all the accolades, a beautiful model wife, a beautiful family, but there's more to that. Mm. Yeah, so so it's, it's, it's a, so, so the, the question that Alan asked you, it's a simple question, but it takes a lot of thinking. So when you, you know the definition, please yeah. do share with us because I'd love to know. Yeah, and it's... I love that I'm being asked this question by you on the show because it's like, okay, crap, Leanne, sort this out. So that's the third time I've said crap on the show. I don't know what's going on today. But like, um, but also we have to define success because as you know, like what are we going for? Like what are we aiming for? Like why are we doing things? I think the other question that I get asked sometimes as well is like, are you busy? And 
I don't want to say yes to that. I want to be like you said, fulfilled, paying for life. Um, and feeling like what I'm doing is lighting up the world, but I don't want that to be connected with the word busy either. So I want to create a business where I can have all that, but still have time to do the things that also fill me up. But the, the word busy is equals successful to no, a lot of people. No, it's not definitely. I know like some people take, take, take overworking as a badge of honor. No, thank yeah. you. I don't yeah. think I don't I really don't think anybody on the deathbed they're like oh one give me another meeting one more presentation one more word doc I, I highly doubt it I highly doubt it so Leanne before we wrap up I, I know you've got this new thing um that's launching I think it's in April if I remember correct the beyond bu- uh, bureaucracy yeah what is that all about tell people because I see this awaiting list tell tell people what's it all about Oh, so cool. Yeah, thanks, Charles. Uh, Well, it's basically come out of a need. So in organizations, there's so many people trying to get things done. There's all these change initiatives. And usually like they launch okay, but the behavior change or the embedding piece doesn't seem to happen or it's all done the same or it creates more paperwork and admin. So Beyond Bureaucracy, it's a one and a half day event. I'm running in Brisbane, Canberra, Melbourne and virtually with Brendan Baker. Um, And we're just there. So uh, in my past, I did a lot of like word of mouth and guerrilla marketing. Uh, So we're combining to joining forces on teaching people how to get past, cut the the paperwork um, and get results through change and making it easy. And the dates? Uh, so end of April at the Gold Coast, so beginning of April at the Gold Coast, end of April in Canberra, June in Melbourne. And again, just taking the wait list for, to see what the interest is before we run something virtually. All right. So if anybody's interested, it is, you go on, go on to, well, I suppose these days you don't need to say www. Just put in beyondbureaucracy.com and it will pop up. You'll see Leanne's smiley face on there and then you know you have landed on the right page. Leanne Hughes, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. Charles, you're an awesome host. Thank you so much for having me back. If you would like to connect with Charles, get in touch with him on LinkedIn, Charles Schwinn, or follow him on Instagram, Flying Kite Today. Till next time.